Welcome to a new week. Welcome to a new week, everybody. It's February 20th, 2023. This is the pre-show for Quite Frankly. A couple of minutes together to sharpen our knives and to lay out where we're going for the rest of the evening. So I want to welcome you one and all. And if you'd be so kind, I would love for you all to just flood the chat room with where you're from. Let's see where the live chat is from these days. State, country, you don't have to give your address out. Don't give any social security numbers. Nothing too sensitive. Though your social security number won't be worth anything for much longer. But just just where are you from? How you feeling? Age, sex, location. ASL, wanna cyber? Remember those days? AOL? You know what I'm talking about. So I'm helping, um, I'm not helping anything. I don't even know why I said that. I am hoping, hoping to get some help from Brooks Agnew tonight. He's coming on the show. We haven't seen him in a couple of months. And um, I, I forgot how we even started talking, but it was another one of those last-minute bookings that I did because I wanted to ask him about harp. I wanted to ask him about tectonic slash seismic weapons because he came out and just said that um, he has a lot of information that'll be very interesting to people at home. And I think I think that he suspects foul play in what's going on, or what happened in Turkey, and what just happened again today. Another earthquake in Turkey. So is that all still considered aftershock and residual? I, I don't know. But I wanted to I wanted to approach this again since we talked about it a little bit uh, last week with with um, with Jim. Was that last week or the week before? Anyway, Brooks is coming on and he is just as uh, just as good as a guest on scientific issues like that as anybody else, and I, we're going to have a good time with that one. And in the second half of the show, after Brooks leaves us, I have plenty of media to get through on what is now taking even more steps toward calamity in the uh, in the east out there in Ukraine, where now we have some Ukrainian uh, somebody out there going as far as saying, our tanks will roll into Red Square. So it's not about the Donbass anymore or Crimea. It's about our tanks, meaning not not Ukraine state. They don't have any tanks. Our tanks, but they're theirs now. It's kind of it's kind of confusing. How now they're talking about just going to Moscow? Like what? So, 
I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Start taking your iodine, your potassium. Um, but we'll get to that in the second half, and hopefully we have some time for calls. But tomorrow should be a bigger time for calls because I want to get into dreams a little bit tomorrow. I want to open up the lines. We talked about dreams over the weekend. Saturday night show was spectacular. I really had a good time, and I, I uh, and and save for one one uh, one ornery old lady who got in who got in touch with me on on Twitter to tell me I've been watching you for years, and if Saturday night show was any indication of what the future will bring, I'm out. I'm out. And then she said something like, "A review is in order." A review. I guess she's reviewing me now. I'm, I'm, I'm being reviewed. Why? I don't know. Maybe because we talked about sex. God forbid. Bunch of adults getting together on a Saturday night. And we talked about dreams. We talked about life. And we talked about really relatable things. It wasn't, it wasn't, a, it wasn't pornographic. It was a really relatable thing. And it was perfect for a Saturday night. So hats off to all the people who could handle it and had a good time and yes there'll be plenty more of that because this is real life this is real life and we're not going to ignore real life okay and um so i hope i've been reviewed and i hope that i've been fired by that one lady i just i i just don't understand why people um make those those pronouncements because you know they're not leaving anywhere and then you have to go through the entire rigmarole of making up a new screen name because you know you're going to still come back and you know you're not going to be able to not chat especially if you're that yappy already. Anyway, the reason why I bring that up is because we talked a little bit about dreams on Saturday night because Friday night going into Saturday, boy, boy, I, I wrote a lot down. A lot of things happened. And then the Jimmy Carter news came out that he is in hospice care at home and any day now he's going to pass away. And that made me think about other dreams that I brought to the show years ago. Um, I, uh, years ago, maybe like, I don't know, four or five years ago. And I had to bring those up again because in my dream, Jimmy Carter was dying in my, my childhood bedroom. He was, he was going to die there. He was just sitting there waiting, ready to die. And that tied into a whole other thing. So we'll do a dream night tomorrow along with our short segment with Mark Volker of, of Nevada Goldbacks. He's coming on to talk about how the Goldbacks, the gold foil notes are actually made, what they're made with, how much gold, uh, you know, dispel any any rumor, rumors or suspicions that it's not really what it's all uh, made out to be. I'm as curious to hear these questions answered as anybody because it was this audience that told me about Goldbacks and I think they're pretty damn cool. So that'll be tomorrow, a short segment. And then uh, we'll be talking about dreams and other things. That's what I got for you. Day after that, uh, there's so many other topics that I'm trying to find their right respected place and also leave a little flexibility for the news cycle because you just never know what's going to happen. You just don't know. So howdy, everybody. Howdy, howdy. Now, listen, uh, here's the first thing I want to do. I want to thank... My sponsors, BlueMonsterPrep.com. I also have some some sad news that I'll give you tomorrow um, about some other things and other sponsors and affiliates we have. 
uh, one in particular, and I have to do that tomorrow when we have a little bit more time to to talk about it. But there's plenty there's plenty going on here. BlueMonsterPrep.com. It's more and more important. I know a lot of you actually inquired about their gas masks. Um, the unexpected continues to be redefined for people. You know, you could think you think about tornadoes, earthquakes, cyber attacks. Uh, nobody was thinking nuclear fallout level uh, chemical disasters in Ohio, in a garnet red state, not even uh, two weeks ago. We weren't thinking about that. Now it's uh, it's a very relevant thing. So the whole idea of you just never know continues to be redefined for us. So bluemonsterprep.com, get in touch with Pat and Gina, and we're going to be doing a lot more specialized um, specialized offers and and uh, and things like that soon too. Because there's there's power generators there. There's a lot of different things that uh, I don't mention every night. I talk about the two-way radios and and the, the the water filtration and the food, but I don't I don't ever talk about things like power which are all solar powered so you don't need any of the gas any of the gas stuff a little bit so and, and that's the other thing another thing we have to do get down into the weeds on that so thank you uh to everybody at blue monster prep mark volker tomorrow and we have other great things in the works all right now i hope that the super chats work tonight quite frankly superchat.com because if they don't, I'm going to have to push back the C.S. Lewis giveaway another week until I find out what the hell is going on here. There you have it. Quite frankly, superchat.com. That's all. I'm going to give away my book with all my notes. And I'll write a little special something to you, too. Uh, here's the first thing up in the grab bag. Chicago. Nope. That's a blank screen. Here we go. Fox News, Chicago Democrat, sounds alarm as 55 schools report zero proficiency in math or reading. It's a very serious thing, says Illinois State Senator Willie Preston. Says the city must examine COVID-era policies. I'm sure that only just made things that much worse. 55 schools, zero proficiency. Well, it's, it's clear that they need to lower the standards of passing to zero proficiency. And then everybody's back to being uh, grade A students again. So congratulations. I just gave you a bona fide, tried and true, progressive solution. Here's another one from Zero Hedge. Former White House doctor, Biden's medical was a cover-up. Former White House physician Ronnie Jackson has accused the Biden administration of covering up Joe Biden's cognitive decline, asserting that his ability to think and reason is gone. Following a physical exam last week, which the White House says found Biden remains a healthy, vigorous 80-year-old male. Yeah, everybody holds their breath when he walks. It's, he's, he's so ginger, healthy and vigorous, and is fit for duty. Not that kind of duty. Jackson stated that Americans learning are learning nothing from the announcement. Is he on any drugs to treat his mental decline? This exam was a joke, a cover-up, Jackson tweeted, noting that no cognitive test was undertaken. Trump had one, this is a quote, Trump had one, Not why not him? Biden's ability to think and reason is gone. He should not be president. Jackson, a now, uh, now a Republican representative, added. So, 
Yeah. Well, I, I have to imagine. I, I don't. I don't. It doesn't matter what it is. I think that they're lying about everything. So, no way in hell you can ever tell me that a doctor said Joe Biden is healthy, vigorous, eighty-year-old, and I would be like, oh well, he's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. Those days are gone. Here's the post-millennial. Here's here's some more progress for you. In Spain, they have decriminalized sex acts with animals, bestiality, as long as no physical injury occurs. Okay, so you know uh, uh, apparently they they forget that the um, that the emotional damage in raping a person or any other living organism is um is is worse definitely matches the physical damage but is definitely worse in many cases because where the body may heal the mind is scarred for a very long time and you usually need a lot of therapy and and other things to help mend those wounds so the fact that they are here saying that well as long as you don't physically damage the um the the the, the puppies then then they obviously it's a mutual exchange. So they're what they're saying here is that they're decriminalizing rape. Just because the animals don't don't have any English language to protest. On Thursday, the Spanish Parliament approved the new animal welfare law that decriminalizes bestiality so long as the creature does not receive an injury that requires veterinary treatment. Means start banging bigger animals with larger holes. That's what it is. According to Mundo Toro, quote, bestiality will no longer be considered a criminal offense if there are no injuries to the animal. This is established by the new penal code through the new animal welfare law prompted by Minister Lona Bellara that was approved in Congress on February 9th. Bestiality was previously illegal with Articles 337.1 of the penal code stating, quote, he will be punished with three months and one day to one year in prison and special disqualification from one year and one day to three years for the exercise of a profession, trade or uh, trade or trade that is related to animals and for the possession of animals. The one who by any means or procedure mistreats unjustifiably causing injuries that seriously impair their health or subjecting them to sexual exploitation uh, a domestic or tamed animal, an animal that is unusually domesticated, an animal that is temporarily or permanently lives under human control, or any animal that does not live in the wild. So you remember that we we learned about that that really really awful story. I don't know if it was in Thailand, one of those Asian countries, where they had a, a an orangutan. They had an orangutan in captivity, and whoever was was keeping it in captivity was whoring it out. People were paying to come in and have their way with this orangutan, which I wish the damn thing uh, was able to tear everybody apart limb from limb. It was probably restrained or drugged or something. Terrible what's going on, what goes on out there. Um, And we we keep stooping to new lows. But when you have the system, when you have the man, when you have governments... Again, moving the line back, 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 dissolving the barriers, dissolving the lines, dissolving the form of what used to be a civilized culture. We see this, again, all over the place. That's a scary thing.
That's it. So I, I guess you can you can run an orangutan whorehouse in uh, in Spain because they're large animals and probably a little bit harder to uh, to injure than your your chihuahua. But um, yeah, good job, Spain. Great job. And then there's this, which we'll probably have to talk about a little bit more tomorrow because I have so many thoughts about this. James O'Keefe is officially out at Project Veritas. I watched his 45-minute farewell. It was, uh, it was really incredible to listen to. I appreciate the journey. The guy is a, a mensch. He really is. And I've tried so many times to get him on this show. And perhaps it's just, I don't know. I don't think that any, I, was, I don't think, I don't suspect that anybody on this, this poisonous board of directors that he has over there or had over there was the one reading all the emails, but I'll continue to try. Over there in Mamaroneck, New York, not too far from here, I always, I, I would love to have him in here and, and, and talk about this at great length here. He announced to his staff on Monday that he was leaving over a conflict in vision between himself and the board in a poignant 15-minute video. It's not 15, it's 45 minutes. Uh, Throughout my 13 years doing this, my mission has evolved, Keith, Keith O'Keefe said in his announcement. Over the past few weeks, I've had a lot, felt a lot of despair and seen a lot of evil and felt overcome with various emotions. The external threats and pressures inflicted upon myself has been imaginable. Employees had been dissatisfied by O'Keefe's management and alleged he wasted money and was outright cruel to his staff. According to the Daily Beast, who probably just squealed with glee. Speculation has been rampant about the timing of the debate, as uh, O'Keefe points out. He says, a few days after the Pfizer story, I was informed uh, by an officer of of Project Veritas that he would resign unless I stepped down as CEO. We've been having a conflict of vision over fundraising. There were tactical disagreements about the boldness of approach to soliciting donations. Now he goes on to say, yes, why did this happen now? On the heels of the biggest thing that they've ever did with the whole Pfizer uh, directed evolution story. And it was enormous. But, uh, you know, I I think the more that we dig into this, the more that we dig into this, number one, I've already unsubscribed from every last account that is associated with Project Veritas because James O'Keefe is Project Veritas, and I'm sure wherever he goes next, it'll be wildly successful as well. And uh, and then he, he has to think about how he's going to organize his venture at that point, which really brings me to what I was thinking about when I read this. And then I had one friend get in touch with me to, to mirror the same thoughts. The whole Steven Crowder Daily Wire thing, which is already a, you know, old news, well, well in the past. This is so much more of a, of a story to be discussing in that respect. Here's a guy that built something from the ground up, laid his life on the line for many, many years. And he did such profound things for this country that our own federal government has long since abandoned the responsibility of doing that that federal law enforcement has definitely on a federal level definitely taken their hands off the wheel don't care about anything and to do all that work and to be forced 
over time to have to organize and to bring on people and staff and help and have a, a board formed and all that stuff and then to be voted out to be to be ta- to be stripped of all of your responsibilities uh, responsibilities and power in those last couple of weeks to be uh, to be sidelined for about six months whatever it was to have all this go on can you imagine creating all that and then suddenly you're having a a really rough time lining up the vision that you, the creator, has with these people that are now just foreigners and they're they're really just foreigners and they become enemies. And then you're out. You're out. Like the green goblin. And that is the much that's the much bigger story. That is the much bigger story getting kicked out of your own company right when you are at the peak of your effectiveness. All right? N- not not the Daily Wire uh, uh, relying on YouTube monetization to be able to pay their, their, their big talents and, uh, and, and drawing that into all of their, their risk prevention models and their contracts. That's bullshit. But this, this is one hell of a story. It really makes you wonder. Like, it makes me wonder. Do I ever organize, quite frankly, into a larger organization? Is it always just me and paying contractors and and um, and 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 I don't know. I I know that there's certain legal protections in the different ways that you organize a company, but this is this this is something that makes everybody think. Because this is a company they created. He wasn't signed by Project Veritas, and now he's out on his ass. Like it was some bad Daily Wire contract or something like that. That's This is something totally different. And we should talk about it. I'll figure out how we'll bring it up later on in the week and, or whenever. But I'll be following his work, and I'm sure many of you will too. The guy is awesome, and I would love to have him on this show. Oh, to have connections. Wouldn't that be great to have connections? Oh, you know what else I saw? I saw that national divorce was trending on Twitter again today. And as I've been saying since 2012 or so, American restoration, national divorce equals American restoration. American restoration equals national divorce. That's it. That's it. You don't even have to talk about secession. The nation we have today is a rogue mutation. Any traditional application of American civics, meaning federalism, the Constitution, which is supposed to be the center for all you centrists out there who don't know uh, your ass from your elbow, Um, any traditional application of American civics would be just as earth-rattling as secession itself. It would be at this point. So, yeah, national divorce. That's ter- and 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 of course not to be outdone in the irony or Olympics, all of the leftists that that remain on Twitter all day talking about um, traitors and sedition, calling for national divorce, traitors, sedition. Again, what country are we betraying? Those of you out there who can't even be in the same room as the Bill of Fucking Rights, please, please tell me what country I'm betraying. Please. By talking about stuff like that, you don't even know what the hell you're talking about. What what country do you have loyalty to? That that there's a betrayal going on here. 
All you do is rail against the founding, the, the founding history, the founding documents. You don't want to hear any of that. It's old. It's outdated. And you don't want to go through any of the prescribed mechanisms for changing any of it all. You just want to trounce and trample and take over people's lives. Who's the fucking traitor? Who's the seditionist? They'll never understand. They don't care to. They don't have the capacity to. So, um... So I, I always have a good chuckle to myself whenever I see things like that trend. Uh, we'll be back in just a second. We'll be welcoming on Brooks Agnew before you know it. Please, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're watching on DLive or Theta, Foxhole, Twitch, Rumble, YouTube, Rockfin, wherever you are, get it on out there. I shared all the live links across the Quite Frankly socials, and please... Um, Share that and like this. If you are watching on YouTube and Rumble, the likes are everything. Where there's growth to be had on YouTube still, please, let's, let's blow past a 1,000 likes there. And on Rumble, encourage each other to like because on Rumble, we can actually make it to the front page. So thank you, one and all, and let's get this thing kicked off. You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! So we have Welcome by the way. This is the this is the real show. That was the fake one. Quite frankly TV. It's Monday night too. I don't know what's gonna be on Mystery Movie Monday, but we'll tell you by the end of this evening's broadcast. So thank you for watching wherever you are. Here is what I wanted to bring up first. This was breaking just a couple of couple of hours ago actually maybe about less than a couple of hours ago here's from MSN piggybacking off of ABC new 6.3 magnitude quake rocks Turkey as death toll now nears 47,000 people in Turkey thousands are dead in Syria as well a 6.3 magnitude earthquake rattled Turkey on Monday night According to the U.S. Geological Survey, even as the country is still cleaning up from one of the worst natural disasters in its history. The quake was centered near the southern city of Asemandag, located in Hatay province, 
which suffered catastrophic damage in the quake that struck on February 6th. The latest earthquake came as officials from Turkey and Syria said the death toll from the 7.8 magnitude earthquake that struck two weeks ago has reached 46,957 people dead. With 41,156 in Turkey and 5,801 in Syria. Search and rescue crews in Turkey and Syria are surveying the latest damage from the new tremor. At least three people are dead and 213 people have been injured in Turkey from Monday's quake, according to the Turkish government. The mayor of Hatay said people are trapped under rubble from newly collapsed buildings from the latest earthquake. At least 130 people were injured in the northwest Syria as the latest quake struck the White Helmets, Syria's civil defense unit. You remember them? Tweeted, several balconies and walls collapsed from the tremors, uh, the White Helmets tweeted. Several civilians injured from falling building debris, stampedes, and jumping from high areas. Additionally, in Genderes, north of Aleppo, two uninhabited buildings and the minaret of a mosque collapsed. So it just the hits just keep on coming from every for everybody over there in Turkey and parts of Syria. And it brought this up. Now Brooks was already on the on the the schedule for the show tonight. So this is what we were going to be talking about anyway, but now that we have something fresh going on here, I don't know if this would be something considered especially since that was on the 6th. And now here we are two weeks later. Is that still considered an aftershock? Anyway, this was something I had held back uh, of bringing on just for a little bit, but it did happen. This is a Romanian senator slams globalists for mass genocide using alleged pandemic and COVID death jabs and claims Turkey's earthquake is a man-made attack. This was covered by Gateway Pundit, but also on... uh, on EU Times and News Punch, and they're all piggybacking off each other there, too. So uh, this this woman's name, where is she? Uh, hold on a second. Should be right there in the, in the beginning. More than 33,000 people have been killed. This is back on the 12th that this was published. Why are they not saying her name here? It's up here. Are you, are you shitting me? Where the hell is it? Here we go. Romanian Senator Diana Lovinovici uh, was speaking to Parliament and she started talking about harp technology being used in Turkey. Here's a little bit of what she said. It's very clear to me at this point things at the international level have gotten out of hand. The fools are playing God, and they think that they have won the game, the senator said. Cause of these demented and psychopathic people who cause wars and cataclysms using unconventional weapons, we humans are just numbers that they can get rid of. She also blasted the globalists for their role in the genocidal plot using alleged pandemic and what she described as COVID death jabs. But here, back to the... um, Back to the official announcement about this earthquake. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read one, two paragraphs of this, and then we're going to go over to Brooks and see how he's doing. She said, Dear fellow senators, for three years we have been experiencing a real campaign of mass killing worldwide. 
either through alleged pandemics and uh, imminent need for to inject untested vaccines that kill people or through wars that reduce the world's population, but arrange but rearranges international politics, realigns power poles and alters borders. We have lived to witness the production of earthquakes on command, which is actually an attack on Turkey by the greatest of the world who totally disliked being set up by uh President Erdogan over there in um, in Turkey. Moreover, his position of neutrality and mediator in the Ukrainian-Russian war deeply disturbed them, talking about the West and NATO. Turkey is a second great power from a military point of view within NATO. His position to block Sweden's accession to NATO, his speech in Davos, as well as the gesture of leaving in the middle of the press conference defying Schwab, did not remain without an echo in the cold world of uh, the cold world of leaders. Uh, in in the cold world of leaders, the world. I don't know. If that's translation, whatever. But no one thought that people would have to die. So many people, and in such a terrible way. And it's just a warning because it wasn't the most populated area of Turkey. Now, there's more here. This next paragraph is, is, is pretty, pretty provocative. The whole thing is, you might have seen this. It went around um, and it was, it was translated a couple of times and it's pretty, it, all the English translations are pretty accurate. So whether or not, I don't know her reputation in, in, her, in her country, whether she is like, you know, everybody thinks that she's a kook or whatever is going on there, but I, I, there's nothing about this that makes me feel kooky. I think I consider this stuff all the time. I really do. And uh, and tonight we were going to be talking about the, just how seismic weaponry works because Brooks Agnew has actually been a part of the testing of a lot of technologies that are exhibited by outposts like HARP. So here's what she said. After uh, 150 aftershocks of a devastating earthquake, the second larger than the first, without the existence of an epicenter. Now that right there, I don't know. All a few of this, these things, I don't know. I have not been able to, to check them all. I want to ask Brooks about this. What has he seen? Was there an epicenter? Because I've seen plenty of people say that there was. Maybe it's just her misunderstanding. Um, obviously, most of this stuff you have to go by gut feeling, and this is how the world is being divvied up. And influenced, but uh, to, to come out say something as definitive as that, I don't know. The area being artificially stimulated, geological weapons have existed for a very long time, being used so far without causing too many casualties, probably for experiments. Now it has been put into practice. If we look carefully at the map of Turkey, we will see that it is furrowed by gas and oil pipelines, this being actually one of the goals, their destruction. But 10 seconds before the occurrence of the so-called earthquake, the Turks closed these pipelines. In addition, 24 hours before the earthquakes, 10 countries withdrew their, uh, their ambassadors from Turkey. I have not been able to verify that either. Five days before its occurrence, the Romanian Ministry of Foreign Affairs issued a travel warning for Romanian citizens in Turkey, although there was no danger, as did other countries. By killing people, they served their interests. The maps shown on all the television channels show that there was no epicenter, but a line with thousands of little earthquakes. So I want to stop right there before I go on speculating any more 
and I want to bring on our guest tonight. Now, Brooks Agnew grew up in Pasadena, California, hanging around JPL and Caltech. He entered the Air Force in 1973, where he graduated top in his class in electronics engineering. He received his Bachelor of Science with honors in chemistry from Tennessee Technological University. He is a certified quality engineer and a Six Sigma master statistician. He is one of the, and this is the, this is the big one for tonight, as he uh, is, he's, as he's trying to get his uh, a video to come on in. Um, he is, he is one of the field engineers who developed the first working harp-style technologies called ground-probing radar using radio waves to analyze ground formations. I'm going to be talking about that right off the bat. His research has been featured on history, discovery, and true TV channels. And I'm welcoming, welcoming back a friend to the show now, Brooks Agnew. How you doing, my man? I'm doing fantastic. Good to be here, uh, Brooks. I don't think that you your uh, your microphone is uh, is on. I, I think it's coming from your webcam. Hold on one second. You got it. See, little tr little little production along the way never hurt. Never hurts. Let's see here. <clears throat> Bear with us, ladies and gentlemen. It's live radio after all. There we go. That's better. Beautiful. Oh, what a night and day broadcast this has just become. Welcome <laughs> back, Rooks. Oh, good to be here. Uh, yeah, we face these live things all the time in podcasting, and you have to uh, uh, not panic. You know where it comes from, some mic setting, some camera setting because we change formats all the time zoom and different uh, video formats so no issues we got it now no we're, we're fine we are we're fine and you know i i i'm so excited to have you back on and for this to be the reason because i have a long list of things I, I still want to talk to you about outside of this but um now here we go uh maybe about an hour or so ago we got all these reports about another follow-up earthquake in turkey um just just so we can talk about this in particular, we have long since been getting reports from people of HARP's ability to cause drastic changes in everything, not only from the weather, but in just the earth as a whole. So uh, we also have been told that there is, there is limitations in its range so that you can't just blame everything on, uh, on planet earth on HARP in Alaska. So, but so, but as far as the technology goes, you could you start by giving everybody a lay lay people, think of the layman out here, easy to understand technical details of harp and how these frequencies can actually influence things like the weather, and then we'll go to subsurface afterwards. Sure, uh, I, I helped develop this technology in the field in 1983. And it, we were using it to basically beam radio waves into the ground. And it doesn't make much sense if you're a radio person. But what happens is these waves get attenuated. They get, uh, they bounce off uh, different uh, structures in the ground, and then they reflect back. Well, what we developed was a system of antennas to pick up the reflections, and uh, we could tell basically where petroliferous zones existed, like gas, oil, shale 
and we even got good at telling uh, where there were water layers under the ground. But this is very low wattage, like 30 to 50 watts. Mm. And we developed it over nine states. We found money in it uh, for the petroleum industry. We found 26 oil wells over nine states. We shot 55 wells, but uh, many of them we determined to be dry, even though they drilled and discovered they were dry anyway. I can't say we discovered oil, but we discovered there was an oil there. Right. So the technology really worked well. And uh, we found ourselves in a little town of Roseburg, Oregon one day. Uh, and we were using the technology to look for a well for a local fescue farmer who wanted to supply his own farm with natural gas. So as we uh, sent the broadcast unit out was mobile and our receive unit was stationary, which we had set up in a, in a camper on the back of a Ford pickup truck. And uh, the mobile unit went out there. We were communicating with two-way radios and he got out about 2,500 feet, a little over half a mile. And I said, okay, turn the transmitter on. So when he turned the transmitter on, this earthquake happened like five seconds later. It just shook the whole ground, shook the camper. That quick? And the guy that uh, was operating my radio, he said, wow, did you feel that? I said, yeah. He said, it sounded like there was an explosion right underneath the ATV that I'm riding on. And as soon as I turned it on, you know, I, I heard this big boom underneath me. And yeah, I said, the shock waves came all the way out to the camper. So I recorded it in my lab notebook. We finished our work in a couple of days and we left. I published that about 10 years later in 1993 i figured no one would care i put it out there well congressman gene manning from alaska and a fellow named uh, dr nick begich whose father was a senator a former senator in alaska they called me on the phone it was 1997 they said, hey, we just read your paper, and we uh, have some questions for you. We have a system up here in Alaska that's uh, being used along the same lines of technology that you have, except they're beaming it up into the ionosphere and shaping the ionosphere and bouncing the waves off and going back to the Earth and looking into the Earth. I said, really? So what frequencies are they using? Well, they got me in touch with the inventor, who was uh, Dr. Bernard Eastland, and he revealed to me the core frequencies. That's the carrier frequency that HARP is set up to use on the north slope of Alaska. And as soon as he told me the frequencies, I said, you cannot use those frequencies. Not that they're pri proprietary or anything, but I said, if you use that much power and you aim it up into the ionosphere, you could form a solar tap. And they said, what's a solar tap? So that started this whole documentary called Holes in Heaven. And it was by far the most popular documentary on HARP ever done. It, it went the world over. Well, since that time, there have been numerous earthquakes where this telltale aurora shows up in the sky. In the is daytime, it, it, it's kind of a lavender haze. I was going to say, is it, this is called the, this is the, the so-called rainbow cloud that, that pops yeah. up? Okay. Right. That, what happens is... When these high energy frequencies come in in that range, it excites a fluorescent activity in ions in the air, and they put off visible light in the in the range of ultraviolet. You can just barely see it with your eyes. In the daytime, it's very difficult to see unless it's overcast. But at night, it can put off, if it's enough energy, it can put off electrical discharges like like dry lightning in a clear sky. So when I saw the films of the camera looking out the apartment window in Turkey and I saw the flashes on both horizons and then the earthquake hit, I said, oh, wow, that is a telltale signature of harp. 
And sure enough, on February 4th, the USS Nitsi pulled into the harbor there in Turkey. And Nitsi is equipped with a tectonic weapon. It's equipped with a harp weapon. So it's interesting. They may have turned that thing on. It took about 24 to 36 hours to build up the resonance in the ground. Now, I'm not saying it'll cause an earthquake everywhere, but if you have a ground that's got all that tension built up in it with uh, tectonic activity or fault lines, it could trigger the earthquake. It could make it release because it sets up long wave vibrations in the ground. And when you look at the earthquake that happened in Turkey, it was multiple faults. That's very rare. Usually it's one fault that slips. This was everywhere. And the crack that opened up in the ground went from Turkey all the way to the border of Syria. And now they've had another one. Oh, by the way, the other telltale sign is that the aftershocks are more powerful than the main quake. Usually it's a main quake and then echoes off of it. But the aftershocks were more powerful than the main quake. And that's exactly what happened with it. And now, as far as the one today, here we are two weeks later. Is that is that still considered a, a related aftershock? Or, or is this... Uh, would something like this today need to be nudged along a little bit too, or this is just residual? It, it, it's difficult to say, because once you relieve tension in one area, then other areas that are in tension need to relieve as well, and it's sort of like dominoes falling. And it could be a week apart. Uh, the, the strange thing about earthquakes is not only are they, are they unpredictable, there's no way to tell when an earthquake is going to happen. What is a remarkable weapon is when you can make earthquakes happen when you want them to happen. And when you couple all this together with the open threats that were made against Turkey, that they were going to be, they were going to suffer a terrorist attack. This is from the World Economic Forum to the leaders of Turkey, to Erdogan. You're going to suffer a terrorist attack if you don't stop trying to broker peace in Ukraine. And then they attacked and Everyone that saw the USS Nitsi pull into the harbor knew exactly what was going to go on. They'd, the secretary or the minister of the interior called through video call the U.S. Uh, embassy and told them. It was went out all over the web. Uh, we know what you're doing. Please get your dirty feet. It says dirty hands in the translation, but the words dirty feet off of Turkey. And that was about 24 hours before the quake hit. So have you have you been able to read the transcript of this Romanian senator? Yes. Okay. Now let <laughs> she me. She doesn't pull any punches at no, all. No, not at all. And so let me ask you about that because you just you really just laid out um, I, what you just laid out right there was incredible. But when she starts getting into the devastation from this earthquake. She says this, and this is what I read just before I called you up. 150 aftershocks of the devastating earthquake, the second larger than the first. Here's what I, I flagged here for, for, for specific inquiry with you. Without the existence of an epicenter, did it lack an epicenter? And, and, and how would you know? Like what, what, can you just paint this uh, picture for us, or is that just something she... Sure. Uh, I was in the earthquake in, I think it was 1969. An epicenter was in Selmar... Uh, just outside of Los Angeles, near the San Fernando Valley. Where an epicenter is, is where the actual tectonic shift occurs. And when that happens, of course, the shock wave goes out in 360 degrees in all directions. Now, depending on how deep that quake is, like if it's 15 miles deep or 75 miles deep, the waves will have different effects on the surface. These quakes in Turkey were less than two kilometers 
less than two kilometers below the surface. This is the prime working distance of HARP. The deeper it goes, the less def less effective it is. Okay, now that, that's just um, that's just incredible here. Now, as w last week we were going through some of these pictures, especially the aerial phenomenon and phenomena. And the one thing we saw was this this really this. Uh, this cloud, I called it the vagina cloud because it looked like a vagina. And um, we all had a joke about it, but obviously people were wondering, well, is this just something, if this is a way like, there are plenty of cloud formations people don't see often. Roll clouds are kind of rare, things like that. Is this kind of a, I don't know, looks like a, a blooming flower. What, what, what causes that? When harp is used, the primary mechanism is it beams the wave up into the ionosphere. This heats the molecules in the ionosphere and forces the ionosphere to kind of bubble out into space. And it can push it out like 30, 40 kilometers out into space. It forms a giant parabolic mirror. Uh, I don't know if you remember Marconi, uh, it's sort of inventor of intercontinental radio, like ham radio. We call it the Marconi effect. Mm -hmm. When the ionosphere takes on a certain shape, you can bounce AM waves off the ionosphere and go transcontinental. You don't have to have line of sight anymore with AM radio. Well, that's what HARP was designed to do. Use a constant wave at very high amplitude to heat up these ions in the ionosphere and shape it so they could direct the wave wherever they wanted to do it. Of course, when the ionosphere goes up, the stratosphere has to move to fill in the void. When it does, the atmospheric river moves with it, and it can redirect weather. Now, I did this special. I built one for the History Channel. I built one for True TV, and I demonstrated on a on Science Channel. I built a 64-cubic-foot cloud chamber, and I demonstrated a small harp model on live camera inside that chamber what it can do with water vapor just hanging in the air it reshapes it it moves it around that's how it can be used as a weather weapon but this is a side effect compared to what it can do for earthquakes uh, it's making me it's making me wonder because for a long time now ever people who were who were curious as curious as to how far the powers that be would go to be able to bring about certain political ends. They've gotten into many public back and forth about whether or not seismic weapons are something that could be targeted and, and contained to certain areas and, and really uh, not, not uh, causing too much collateral damage. Or, for, for example, there's been a lot of people who are, who are scared that something like this could be used to trigger some horrible happening at Yellowstone. That that super volcano that they say that that would be two thirds of the country would be. It's a little too deep. That that uh, caldera in Yellowstone is a little too deep for harp. But the harp, one of the other effects of harp is it can be used for Earth tomography. That's what I was using it for. That's why we invented it. Why we developed it to look for petroliferous zones in the ground. That's how the one in North Dakota was found. Uh, other areas, other big deposits that are very deep. But it takes a long time, and it takes ground units helping to get that to work. The caldera in, uh, in Yellowstone is deep, and I don't know that there's a fault line that goes across it. So there's not really a tectonic pressure. It's more of a built-up amount of 
liquefied gas that's underneath that ground. If it ever vents, what will happen is that that liquefied gas will flash to vapor, and that's what causes a super volcano. Oh, all right. Um, hell, that, that's uh, there's another topic we have to talk about some night, Brooks. Um, you know what? On on the actual on the actual standard usage of of harp, can you explain to me how a uh, a post that could be set up to do this in Alaska can find subterranean deposits of one substance or another in the Dakotas. Um, you, you think when I think about that, I think that you'd have to be over the area and you know, I don't know you know, radar or whatever coming down on it. How do you how do you find something that is on the surface level but thousands of miles off to the the, the south southeast? of of alaska how does that happen how do you how are you able to just pick a spot on earth from a location on the ground well you need two things first you need a lot of power because your your wave is going to dissipate with distance and the second thing you need is triangulation that's where the ionosphere comes in once you get up to the ionosphere somewhere around 60 70 kilometers above the ground you have an angle that you can uh, broadcast this wave up, bounce off the ionosphere, and go back down. And you can scan large areas. But the one thing HARP can do is broadcast the wave. You have to have receivers to pick up the reflection. And that's where the ground units come in, trucks driving back and forth with antennas, picking up the waves that are bouncing off the structures in the ground, and then mapping it as, as they drive. We could scan with just one little ATV, we could scan about 10 square miles a day, just one little ATV. With several trucks and that much power, you could scan maybe 100, 200 square miles a day. It wouldn't take long to find the deposits that you're looking for. Hmm. Very very interesting. Very interesting. Um, Over in... Now let's just go back to Turkey just a little bit more because that is a reflection. Obviously, that's one hell of a twisting of the arm if this is what happens. And how, well, how... And it's a weapon with no fingerprints. And, of course, anybody says anything, and my gosh, I, I don't know how much reading you've done on this, but if you put in USS Nitsi and Harp into your any search engine you want, you'll be reading for days because this is a destroyer that not only had cruise missiles on it, but it was fitted with a harp tectonic weapon. It's designed to do this. That's why they knew what was going to happen when it pulled into the harbor. You know, another thing, speaking of our Navy, that I thought was really interesting, around the time that we had the balloon incident over here a couple of weeks ago, and then the week and a half of unidentified, going back to calling everything UFOs again and whatnot, there was also some unidentified flying objects that were intercepted in China. And we never got any kind of a, or I don't know if they were downed or anything, but they were spotted, and it, it made China get together all of their air forces and and go on up there and when i realized that that was maybe like eastern china then i realized that just recently maybe about a few days or a week before that all started popping off the nimitz was out there in the south china sea which of course is the is the the ship in question of all the tic tac that the, the nimitz was not only there for the, to to pick up on all that tic tac uh, object 
uh, stuff, but they were the ones that were getting swarmed by apparently uh, fleets of these unidentified flying objects that that um, that crewmen and everything else were reporting in all of their testimonies. So I thought it was interesting uh, that the Nimitz could be showing up in the South China Sea around the time that the, uh, that China was having a little bit of their own uh, spotting of strange craft in the sky, and then Turkey has the uh, the Nitsi show up in the harbor a couple of days before all this goes on. Now, now Brooks, this is a very that's a very heavy thing to to heavy pieces to put together, a very heavy picture to 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 paint for people. How how certain are you that this is it? Well, when I look at other earthquakes that have happened, uh, big earthquakes that have been devastating, and I look at the film footage because now people are aware of what's going on. So they, as soon as they suspect something, they run out with their cameras and start filming the sky. The one in Chile, the one in uh, Japan, the one in, well, Fukushima, we didn't really get to see. Kind of took everybody by surprise as a big tsunami. But uh, now we're beginning to pick up the evidence. And, of course, now they're coming out and saying, well, that's very common. That happens all the time when you have an earthquake. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't. (laughs) There is no indicator that an earthquake is going to happen like that. Nature doesn't do that. This is not natural. This is a weapon system. And I think what we're beginning to see is the value of the stakes and the desperation of the stakeholders in the world right now. I'm glad you brought that up because I would like you to talk about that with me just a little bit. Um, obviously the importance of what is going on in Ukraine, and I'll be doing a little bit of those updates when we hang up the phone in a little while. Um, it, this is this continues to find new areas to ramp up into, and I, I'm surprised we've gone this this far without some real, you know, coming to blows. What, what do you th- what do you think if they're willing to do something like this? Where the hell is the end game on this? Well, that's a good question. I I don't. I think they have an end game in mind, which. Uh, many of us suspect, but I don't really have any proof for. But the means to the end is unpredictable. I don't think things are going the way that they expected. I think that they expected Ukraine to be much more successful than they are. If you just listen to the news actors, uh, you'll see that. Mm-hmm. Your, your news, my news, all the other podcasters in the world we have the real news, we have the mainstream on our side, but the fake stream, the news actors, the ones that read the, the scripts that are written for them by what I call the global syndicate, that's a totally different war they're talking about. What we're talking about is, is a loggerheads that is being approached between the global syndicate, the ones that controlled the world for thousands and thousands of years until we declared our independence and they've been trying to get their country back ever since, and the free peoples of the world. We now know that that the war didn't start in February of 2022. The war started in 2014 when the U.S. State Department attempted to assassinate the duly elected president of, of Ukraine. Fortunately, he escaped with his life. But then for the next eight years, they shelled the Russian people in the Donbass. Nobody reported that. Only people that reported were our people on the ground. And believe me, I had video from my folks there in Donetsk while it was going on. 
You didn't see that anywhere on the news, but we saw it. And then the uniforms, the insignia on their arms and the languages that they spoke. We knew who was doing it. We knew what they were doing, but we didn't know why. We didn't know why until Vladimir Putin moved. Once we saw him move, we realized what he was doing is stopping the invasion of Crimea. They were marshalling a, an invasion of Crimea. They were going to take that whole country and slaughter those people and take all the oil for themselves. That's the end game. The end game is they want all the resources, just like I don't think they really want to get rid of America. They just want to get rid of Americans. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I mean, I look at that today, the, some of the headlines that came out of Ukraine with uh, one military leader or another saying that our tanks are going to roll through Red Square. They're not even talking about the Donbass and Crimea anymore. They're talking about going into Moscow. It's like, what exactly. are you? I mean, and, and, and how could you ever, and, and anybody who's been watching this with any kind of sober mind sees that every couple of months they come out and essentially ask for enough supplies that constitutes a whole new army. Every couple of months, they need a whole new army, and they want to go invade Moscow? I mean, I just, it, this, this, this level of cosplay is just very dangerous. I mean, there's plenty well, of people. It, the people just need to open their eyes and see that these sanctions that have been levied against Russia have made Russia wealthier than they've ever been, ever, in the thousands of years that Russia has existed. They're wealthier than they've ever been. Crimea is booming right now, absolutely booming, especially after the bridge that was completed in 2020. All those supplies and building supplies and trade going back and forth between Russia and Crimea, they're booming. That's not what's happening in Ukraine. Ukraine, you have to rub two sticks together to make fire. And it's, it's the epicenter of child trafficking, of bioweaponry, and money laundering. And that's why they're fighting as hard as they're fighting. Yep, yep. I have, I've, I've, uh, for, for a long time now, I've described Ukraine, the country. I know that there are, there are, there are ancient, uh, ancient cultures out there, um, and and never, never coming down to disparaging everyday people who are caught in the middle of stuff like this. But Ukraine as a country is a deep state shell company. That's just, oh yeah, what, that's what it is. And here's here's one of the last things. That uh, Senator Diana Loveno, uh, uh, Lovenovici says, she says, it's very clear to me that at this point, things at the international level have gotten out of hand. The fools are playing as God, and they think that they have won the game. Because of, of these demented and psychopathic people who cause wars and cataclysms using unconventional weapons, we humans are just numbers that they can get rid of. It is imperative that all nations, the peoples of the world, rise up together, wake up from daily comfort and carelessness, and just like in 1848, will begin the struggle for liberation from the yoke of psychopaths, of demented people who steal our happiness and the beautiful world in which we live. That's why I urge all of you who still want to live in a world of God and not Satan, I urge you to rise up to fight to a world revolt, free us all of, uh, of that that destroys the, and destroy these enemies, because in the moment, we are in legitimate defense. And um, and then finally, take the claws off of Turkey, take the claws off of Romania, and she, she goes and finishes up strong. 
I, I, I've been waiting to read through any of her remarks until I had somebody on with you, uh, with me like you. And I'm, I'm glad you were here for this. Um, any, any general thoughts on that? Because I did have another question about China and laser technology that showed up in, in Hawaii recently. So and any, uh, any closing thoughts on all that? Traditionally, you know, America is founded on revolution. And we have a revolution. Every two years, we have a revolution. We go to the polls and we vote people out and we vote people in. That's our way of doing it. We don't go to the streets. We don't rise up. We don't race off with pitchforks or torches. We go to the polls. But the American people have lost faith in our election infrastructure. It has been corrupted. It has been corrupted to the point where it doesn't matter if 80 million of us come out and vote for one person. It doesn't matter because the opponent gets to count the votes. And so we've lost faith in our election system. We're still founded on revolution. I still think that spirit of revolution is in the American people. Mm. How we revolt is is the important part. I don't think we need to do it with violence because we have all the power because only we have the money. Government doesn't have money. Government doesn't make anything. We make everything. All we have to do is cut off the money and we make government do what we want it to do. Well, well said. Well said. How do we cut off that money? I'm all ears because I've been I've been looking I've been looking for a uh, I've been looking for a, a fun little tax rebellion to be a part of for many years now. <laughs> well, individually, I think it'd be difficult to do, but we could do it as a state. And so what you have to do is you have to go lean on your state legislators because they have, they're the most powerful hold on, hold people on, hold in on. the country. Hold on, hold on. What? Hold on. I, I just, something just fell. Something just, something on the other side of the wall. I don't know what the hell is happening right now. I have to go figure that. Well, either way, what happened? It's next door. The animals next door. Sorry, Brooks. I have <laughs> we, we, we have an, again again the animals next door. All right. Well, at least you're not being swatted. That's a good thing. Yeah. No. Though that one was bad. I'm sorry. I had to interrupt <laughs> you. I didn't know what was happening. I thought it was an earthquake. Okay. Go ahead. Well, state legislators are the most powerful people in the country. They have all the tools. They just don't think they're powerful. They have a thing called Article 5 in the Constitution. It's called a Convention of States. All the states have to do, 34 of them, is pass the resolution that they're going to amend the Constitution. Make the four or five amendments that we have been talking about since 2012. And once those amendments are made, we ratify them with 38 states, and they're finished. They're done. Everything that they have put together is taken apart. That's why this revolution can still happen, but we have to do it on a state level, state by state. I think right now we have 21 or 24 states. We need 34 states to be able to do it. Yeah, it's been climbing, been climbing slowly but surely up there in the last few years. I was thinking about getting some um, some convention of states people on the show, but we, we discuss Article 5 a lot, and it would be nice to revisit it uh, sometime soon. But before, before we run out of time, Brooks, oh, go ahead. Okay. What were you going to say? Well, it's it's a peaceful way yeah. of getting done what we're talking about. No doubt, no doubt. Compared to everything else, then again, if they're willing to use uh, 
earthquake weapons. Man, how, how do you vote that away? Um, now, from here, I want to ask you about Hawaii because this had popped up. The Chinese, they, they thought that, uh, that something was going on. It was Starlink at first. And here is the, let me see, there it is. This is from WorldNet Daily. War is on the way. Warning is blared after Hawaii gets lasered. This is back on uh, this is February 19th. War is on the way. China expert Gordon C. Chang is warning after little reported incident in which a Chinese satellite lasered the state of Hawaii. Chang, a distinguished senior fellow at the Gatestone Institute and author of The Coming Collapse of China, said nobody on the ground was burned by the green chi uh, Chinese beams of light on January 28th, but the laser shower is another warning that war is on the way. The events were noted when on January 28th, the Subaru Asai, Asai uh, Star Camera caught images of shower of green laser beams lasting just seconds. The camera watches for images from the Subaru telescope on Hawaii's Mauna Kea. Now, that, this happened on the 28th of January, Brooks, and people were wondering what the hell it was, and then uh, they figured out it was China. Then, about a week or two later, starts all of the volcanic eruptions over there. Now there's lava in the living room once again. Can you tell me a little bit about whether or not there is a little bit of a cause, uh, a, a causal relationship between the two, or if uh, if they're just equally um, interesting on for their own reasons? Well, it's a new one on me. Uh, Argon, which is about the green laser that you're talking about, they have a limited range. You have to have tremendous amount of power to go a long distance like that. Uh, Green lasers can go about two miles, maybe two and a half miles, and they dissipate in the air. They just need more energy to get through the moisture in the air. And there's always moisture in the air over Hawaii. So to pull off something like that, you'd have to have thousands of watts behind it. And why would you use a visible laser other than to just terrorize the people and say, hey, you're being lasered? They could be used for what's called interferometry, which is a super precise way of measuring distance between two points using a laser but that doesn't make any sense either because they know exactly how high their satellite is um i i honestly don't know uh, i think hawaii is a maybe a, a rich target in the sense of the military but it's not a very strategic conquest mm -hmm. i don't think that uh, that china would be doing anything except terrorizing the people well, um, you know, I, I wanted to, I, when I think about all this stuff and I think about the, the how we're all on edge, forget about the fact, forget about even foreign. I mean, I, yeah. I'm sure you have, you have a lot to say about recent chemical disasters here. There's, there's a lot of manufacturing disasters going on all over the place. But um, there's, there's obviously a concentration of things that are happening within food production and, um, and, and energy. And, of course, we're still wide open and vulnerable to EMP that uh, we've talked about many times being able to bolster and fortify our systems from those types of attacks. We're just wide open on every front. So I, I, I wish that we were in a, in a place, Brooks, where we can talk about a future adventure to find out whether or not the Earth is hollow. But here we are yeah. doing all this stuff. Hollow Earth, I, I want to get back around to that again. And uh, that was such an exhilarating night. And here we are talking about the, the most... Um, in insane of 
of situations that that there would ever be a decision made to kill what is now close to 50,000 people without even blinking if that's really what happened here in Turkey and I and we don't believe it was indiscriminate Turkey is uh, I think by far the most powerful and strategic NATO member they sit right in between the Black Sea and they're the the they're in the Mediterranean they're the absolute strategic NATO partner and they're also pretty obstinate in the sense that they're not going along with NATO. They don't want Sweden and Finland into NATO. They don't want to fight Russia. And uh, they don't want NATO to make any more expansions, which they've been doing for the last, I don't know, 20 years. And it's been very, very provocative. I don't even call them NATO anymore. I call them the Pan-European Army. And they've been very aggressive. And they have either overturned or violently... Uh, conflicted with 73 sovereign countries that's a lot that's very aggressive nato was supposed to be to guard against a soviet presence in uh against europe that hasn't been around since 1990 there's no reason for nato to even exist i know especially since most of them were prior to this conflict most of their larger members like like germany get most of their energy needs from the country they're supposedly needing protection from. Well, yeah, won't they be surprised when Germany joins BRICS? And they're not very happy that the proof has now come out that it was the U.S. State Department that blew up their cheap supply of gas. They're not happy about that at all. Oh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't imagine so. And I'm going to do that a little bit in the second half here, too, because it's more so it's not even the, the, the worst of it is not even that they lost an inroads to really cheap, abundant supplies of energy. It's that that was an act of war against German citizens. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Going into winter time, especially that's an that's an act of war against citizen targets. And, and the fact you know, it's. It's just, uh, it's incredible that the, the, these little acts of savagery that we are all witness to, and they're just becoming more and more obvious, Brooks. Yeah, it, it is becoming obvious. And when you go listen to the rhetoric of Victoria Newland, who's kind of the center point, I know she doesn't get a lot of airplay, but go watch her speeches. Go watch what she said. Watch her face as she said it. When she brought those American U.S. Army snipers into Kiev and slaughtered a hundred innocent Ukrainians in the streets of Maidan and then handed out donuts on the streets, this this woman is pure evil. Oh, Absolutely yeah. pure evil. No doubt. Um, I would love to have you back sometime soon. Uh, you know, do you ever do you ever go into quantum computing and, and anything that is uh, that would involve the concept of parallel universes? Well, I've written a couple books on it, but I don't. Uh, I mean, I walk in a very narrow path in that. I'm not a computer expert. But I do know a lot about quantum and parallel universes. Okay. Now, that's something I want to do, especially from a Jordy Rose perspective, um, because I, I, I've been waiting to have a conversation with somebody who can do more than just speculate about all the, you know, the Stephen King kinds of things that are waiting for us on the other side of some kind of portal that could be opened up with these new technologies. When he talks about Lovecraftian great old ones that exist in parallel dimensions that would see us as we would see ants, I want to be able to talk about some of that, maybe in the future, but um, 
Well, I don't know, Brooks, you, you, you brought some fire here tonight. I think it was uh, really, really incredible to learn about the technologies that you've been a part of discovering and implementing and, uh, and, and, and understanding better on behalf of everybody, and then to be able to see all of those uh, telltale signs of that technology's implementation in, in places where recent catastrophes have just really shocked the world. and uh, You know, I believe everything we do will eventually affect the universe. But i got to be honest with you. When we made that documentary in 1997, directed by the great Wendy Robbins, I had no idea that thing would go hyper-viral in 2023. I have seen myself on TV and, and YouTube so many times in the last few days. It's like, wow, I used to have hair. So... <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for playing the Holes in Heaven video clips again. It uh, brings back memories for me. And I, I just, I'm, I'm blown away that what the work that we did in 97 is now proving what's happening today. Is the whole, uh, is the entire Holes in Heaven video on YouTube or Rumble or anywhere that we could? No, we could... no, it was, well, it may be. Somebody may have uploaded it, but it was produced as a as a video and sold. I don't know all over the world. The bestseller on Amazon for a long, long time. Hmm. Um, we just and then we I did the uh, debut episode of uh, Weather Warfare with uh, Jesse Ventura on True TV, and I built a chamber and showed them how Harp works live on the camera, and that was uh, that was earth shaking to see all that. I'm glad uh, Jesse. Uh, uh, wanted us to do that. That's awesome that you got to be able to present him with something like that. I loved his cons his uh, his conspiracy theories uh, 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 a show. That was incredible. I wish that went yeah. on for for years years more. It was just it was too hot though. There, he, he did real <laughs> yeah, the weather warfare. Uh, that was the the ep debut episode. Man, it was it was epic. Well, this the, uh, what you're talking about tonight. Uh, that I mean, I do you consider earthquakes weather? I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's it's there's there, it's a geological condition. It, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of different things going on over there. But to to use nature against the forces of nature against other human beings for strategic purposes or any that's weather warfare. That's the basis of all of it. the The best thing is that the craziest thing is that I didn't know that Cy Hirsch, who just uncovered the whole Nord Stream thing and compiled all those verifi those val uh, verifications in one place recently. I didn't know that he was a part of exposing uh, Operation Popeye. And 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 that was uh, the, the that uh, that com that coming out party in Vietnam with the with all the flooding of the Ho Chi Minh Trail and cloud seeding out there. So it's incredible to see this. In fact, before you go, this is going, this is, it takes forever for me to say goodbye sometimes, Brooks. But before you go, do you remember in 2019 when there was a big, they tried saying it was an, it was an earthquake, but all of the, 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 the seismic readouts showed that it looked like an explosion at China Lake. Oh, yeah. Now, around that time, a lot of really weird things was happening. I think in... Uh, in Southern California, around that same area somewhere, there was huge bee die-offs. Bees were just f falling out of the sky and just pinwheeling on the ground. People were wondering what's going on. China Lake had this big explosion that people were saying was an earthquake, but um, it had the resonance of an explosion, not a buildup, but a boom and then a, and then a fade away. I know that China Lake was where a lot of our seismic weapons were 
were researched. Uh, and, and a lot of the weapons that were deployed during Operation Popeye, it was a pretty significant installation. Uh, do you have any any thoughts or um, tidbits, factoids to share about any of that? Well, I didn't research too deeply into that, but uh, the key word is deep. Uh, evidently, there's a deep underground military base there, and it may actually link up to the Pacific Ocean via underground rivers. Uh, and it's it's suspected that forces went in there, did battle, and blew that up. And that's similar to what happened in uh, in North Korea when the mountain exploded and destroyed the nuclear weapons research of Little Kim. Very similar to that. I remember that. I remember that. That's that was a uh, the the big. The big thing of the day was wondering if they had dropped those 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 tungsten poles, the rods from God, down on that mountain range there. Yeah, I I the the information that's out there about the rod of God is misleading, because to get a tungsten rod that big, like telephone pole sized tungsten rods, up into space, we don't have that lift capacity. We don't have the ability to place rods that size. That's why they say it that way, to make it impossible to do. But we do have a weapon system called the X-37B. It doesn't have a 34-foot-long 34 cargo bay. It has a 6- to 8-foot-long cargo bay. Now, if you want to put carbon rods that size or tungsten rods that size into space, you can do it with the X-37B. And deployed... Once it reaches about Mach 12, Mach 14, it's got a lot of kinetic energy. Wow. Wow. Well, uh, Brooks, please let everybody know where they can find you during the week. You're a broadcaster. You have not only a wealth of knowledge on numerous subjects that you have been so intimately involved in, but great voice, great host, and uh, an even better guest. I love having you on. <laughs> How can people find your work? The easiest way is to go to brooksagley.com. My radio program is America Free Radio. It's on every Wednesday and Sunday at 8 p.m. It's on all social media that you can find, Rumble and Rockfin and Twitch and Twitter and DLive, and it's everywhere. Just put in my name, you'll find it. And all my books are for sale on Amazon. Everything is linked there. I make it very easy for you, and uh, you can link up with me and communicate with me, and I promise I'll write you back. There you go. Well, brooksagnew.com, it is in the, in the description of this episode, so I'm sure people will be hitting you up. And uh, if there's, uh, you know me, Brooks, you just get in touch with me. You say, hey, this is a hot story, and I've got a, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a good take on it. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put together something quick. I don't care how we do five, five minute little hits from, from now and again. It doesn't matter. And then we'll plan the bigger shows when you come back. But it's great. Yeah, you to take have five you. minutes and say goodbye. I know it's not. It's not conducive for doing things efficiently, I know. But whatever. It's a it's a talk show, so we'll just talk. Right. Anyway. I really appreciate you. You have a, you do a great job. Well, thank you, Brooks. Have a great night and uh, all the best to uh, you and your whole your whole team. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. How's that for an exclusive? We had a man here who was part of the the discovery and the defining of this technology. And then to be able to see certain telltale signs that it's been used. Well, you can take that to the bank. That's another one. Another one for a Monday night. We'll be right back. We're going to do a little bit of an intermission. Then when we come back, it'll be Super Chats and then 
some some media some media from across the pond in the east don't go anywhere it's intermission time folks time out to press the like button thank you Welcome to Intermission. We'll, we'll be right back. Yeah, Intermission. Quite frankly. 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 We all support quite frankly. Not quite. Let's go, Brandon. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. Quite frankly, you going on Frank's show tonight? I really like you. You're very smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly, with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Alrighty. Let's get on over to our super chats because I can't wait to bring everybody into the mix here. Over on quite frankly superchat.com looks like it's working. Oh. Thank God. Stostube says good Monday, Frank. Please find attached a little support for a great independent media. Be well, my good man. Thanks for kicking off another wonderful, quite frankly, week. It's my, my pleasure. JV Burke 87 says, you can't predict earthquakes, but you can see the flow. Check out Dutch Sense. Yes, yes. I definitely have been able to see the flow over the years watching him, uh, watching him show how this thing works and it, it's pretty it, it just it goes hand in hand with what brooks had said about where pressure is relieved you know other pressure is created it, it it's a it's a domino you're talking about earth that is so tightly packed together that um with a cab it's 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 all going to be dependent on each other moving around like tetris 
Albert Frederick says, figure there, figure there is no better place to watch my country burn than here on Quite Frankly. Snuggle in for the next harp snowstorm. Hang on, there is no political solution for this kind of a hit. Just saying, get your goldbacks, silver and chickens, good times. I know that Albert is a, is a fan of the goldbacks. He's talked about it. In fact, he might have been the one to tell me about it years ago. I can't wait to talk to Mark Volker of, of Nevada Goldbacks for a little bit tomorrow. That's going to be probably more interesting than we think. That's the way those things really work. I say, hey, you want to come on for 15 minutes? Watch it turn into a 40-minute mind blower. Troy Man. Troy Man says, if you're reading this, quite frankly, Super Chats are working just fine. Cheers from Super Windy Eastern Washington. Thank you, Troy. Good to have Troy out there. I know who Troy is. Good man. And remember, everybody who's putting in a super chat now, you're automatically in put into the mix for C.S. Lewis. Smokey Oki says, great show with Timothy on Friday. I love his passion for the biblical worldview of history. I want to ask if you can wish my niece, Leah, Leah Hope, a wonderful and belated 18th birthday. Thanks for everything you do, Frank. Be well. Happy birthday. 18. Leah Hope. Leah, I, I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but the strength and the fortitude and the vision to refuse nothing but the best. And to work for nothing but the best. That's what you do. That's what you do, and I know you will. So that's wonderful. Leah Hope. Great to hear that. All right. Another little one we have over on Rockfin. Uh, that one guy, that one guy says, thank you, Frank, for entertaining us. It was great hearing your ladies on the St. Val uh, uh, Valentine's Day podcast. I had a lot of fun with that, too. You know, I had plenty I could talk to Lauren about, but I was a little scatterbrained in the second half because... You know, Aurora's just running around. And I, she's fine out there with Anthony and, and Pyretta. But, you know, the door's open. I let the door open just so that she can run in whenever she'd like. And so that automatically takes my concentration off. It's not a controlled environment anymore. There's the, the you know, she put something on the radio. She knows how to work radios now. So she put something on the radio and she's stacking things, just finding things to stack and arrange. So, a little distracting, but it was a lovely chaos that I love being surrounded by. All right, over on Rumble. On Rumble, Wart Guy says, Question, Frank. Do all the Veritas videos and reports from the past get, uh, past get memory hold now? I understand they want to destroy the company, but do they own all, of all that O'Keefe has done for Project Veritas? It may be. I don't, I don't, with how big Veritas is, I cannot, I don't believe that, that he doesn't have all that stuff backed up on, on things that are, that are just off grid, whether or not that is still his stuff. I don't know. I don't know what his claims are. I'm sure we'll learn about that. That's one of those things that I would love to ask him, to be honest, if I could ever get him in this studio. But I don't got the connections, even though we're so close. 
We're so close. If I still went to the Marinick Diner every night, I'd probably run into him from time to time. But, uh, in fact, a, a buddy of mine, Andres, Andres got in touch with me at, at some point uh, last year. It was like around, uh, it was probably around December of last year. And he sent me a picture. He said, look, who, he, he said it was a selfie of him and James O'Keefe. And uh, I texted him. I said, you know, you know James O'Keefe? He's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is the first time I've just had the guts to come up to him and say hello. He's just eating at a local, you know, watering hole pub kind of a thing over there in near his headquarters in Mamaroneck, New York. It's like, shit. It's like five miles away. Less than that. Just come over here, James O'Keefe. I'll try again. I sent him another direct message on Twitter. He has open DMs. As soon as I as soon as I sent it, I was probably buried by 89,000 people. Okay, next one up is Free Dubs. Says vagina clouds. I know, but this one this one is one vagina you never want to see. Christoa says great interview. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. It's really wonderful to have everybody enjoying and along for the ride. And over on QuiteFrankly.tv, on the foxhole, Trump Red Pill. Thank you. Paulie says, Daniel is traveling tonight on a plane to Spain. Daniel who? Who's Daniel? I don't know who Daniel is. Thank you, Sean Joe. Thank you, Captain Flint. And then Sean Joe again. Wonderful, wonderful people. All right. So here's what I want to do before we start taking any calls. I want to make sure we get through everything else before we do that. I want to jump on over to Kamala Harris. On the war front, take a listen to Kamala Harris. This uh, this got around over the weekend. I think this is on Saturday night, early Sunday morning. I'm not sure, but I've set it aside for for this this moment right here. Listen to her talk about that they have determined now Russia has committed crimes against humanity, just like they determined that Assad had gassed all of his people, but they 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 just can't show us the evidence. And there is no doubt these are crimes against humanity. The United States has formally determined that Russia has committed crimes against humanity. And I say to all those who have perpetrated these crimes and to their superiors who are complicit in these crimes, you will be held to account. In the face of these indisputable facts... Okay, fuck this. Isn't it amazing how now the script requires Kamala to be broad-shouldered, warlord Kamala? No giggling, the giggling schoolgirl act who loves rocket ships and Wi-Fi school buses. That's all gone because this script requires her to be put on your big girl pants. Indisputable facts. It's, an, it's just incredible, isn't it? 
We, uh, we've seen crimes against humanity, footage, verifiable footage come out of Ukraine since the beginning of this thing. So uh, war is a, a horrible, messy business, which is why nobody in their right mind wants it to go on. Because aside from all of the conventional lining up of, of fighting forces to kill each other, there's, there's also going to be an, uh, a margin of just collateral atrocity. It always is because war is the most savage thing that man can engage in. You see, but there's only there's only one there's only one side committing savage acts apparently, which is another way that you know that they're 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 fucking lying. Here, look, this this is what uh, a week ago. No exhaust, no diesel smell. The bus has Wi-Fi. What the fuck is going on? What the f- what where where the fuck do I what the hell is going on? I got I got to go I got to go over there. I got to go over there on the other side of the wall. It it sounds like Ukraine on the other side of the wall. I Here, look at her giggling about her stupid Wi-Fi. Phone on your way home from work. That's good stuff. There you go. Now she wants, now she put on her big boy pants. And it's uh, crimes against humanity. I'm sorry for all the terrorism that's going on during this show. It started on Friday and it's continuing now. There is obviously an inconsiderate animal on the other side of the wall. And the wall's not very thick. So hopefully the inconsiderate animal hears what I'm saying. Now back on over to uh, Ukraine. Daily Mail, our tanks will be parked on Moscow's Red Square, and that will be justice. Kiev's security chief vows to expel all Russian troops from Ukraine's soil and dubs Putin Hitler's twin. It's the only thing they could ever dub anybody. So obviously it's very, very serious. Our tanks, though, whose tanks are you talking about? I was like, is this a Kiev security chief speaking, or is this Mark Milley? Because you don't have any tanks. You're on round three of everybody else's tanks. Kiev security chief vowed that Ukraine's tanks will be parked on Moscow's Red Square, and that will be justice. Now they're not. Now they're just talking about. Now they're just talking about invading Russia. They want to say anything. And do anything that gets them, gets Russia to react. You have Kamala Harris out there laying out some kind of a, uh, a babies and in incubators moment. This is her little George George H W Bush moment over there. That's her little babies and in incubators moment. And then you have this. We're going to go right into Moscow. There is just nothing they won't try, nothing they won't say, nothing they won't do. We're seeing that. We're seeing that. Now, here's Jimmy Dore. I want to play a little bit of this. This was great. It's about a minute 47. He's on with um, uh, Patrick Bet David, the guy behind Valuetainment. I love this guy. I think he's just really a stand-up guy. I don't know too much about him outside of the interviews he does, does but I, I really like his interview style, and, um, and he seems reasonable. And I love Jimmy Dore as well. So take a listen to this. 
The only difference between a Democrat and a Republican, as Ralph Nader said, is the speed at which their knee hits the floor when a donor walks in the room. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and so it doesn't matter who's president. Barack Obama was not a departure from George Bush. He was a continuation of George Bush. He took us from two wars to seven wars. He kicked 5.1 million families out of their homes while he made sure the bankers didn't miss their bonuses. He deported twice as many Hispanics as D D Donald Trump. He, uh, he built those cages that put those people in. He dropped 26,000 bombs. And the, the Air Force ran out of bombs. That's a fact. They ran out of bombs. He dropped so many bombs. He did a drone war, a drone program that killed 90% innocent people. You know, if somebody walks into a mall mm. and shoots 15 people down with this gun, that's the biggest thing. Oh, my God. Barack Obama was doing that on a daily basis, killing women and children yeah. with his drone war. And, and he got a Nobel Peace Prize. He got a Nobel Peace Prize. He didn't even do anything. That's how and so it's a, it's a uniparty. It's the, and so when Trump got in office and he mentioned that there's a deep state, they're like, you can't say that. What are you doing? And when he said, hey, when they asked him, why are you leaving your troops in Syria? And he said, for the oil. They're like, you get buggers. He goes, no, it's for the oil. No, it's for liberty. It's for helping the people. Yeah. No, it's for the oil. It's our oil. <laughs> and so he let the cat out of the bag. And they can't have that. That's what he blew the whistle on what's actually going on. Our wars are for oil. Our wars are economic wars, just like what's happening in Ukraine. This is an economic war. We're trying to put a hurt and isolate Russia. We're afraid of Russia and their natural resources and their manpower coming together with Germany with their technology and their capital. And we've been saying that for decades. And so that's why we blew up the Nord Stream pipeline. And that's why this Ukraine war is happening. Uh, and people have no idea what's happening. And what's worse is they have no idea that they have no idea what's happening yeah, exactly. that's the crazy yep they have no idea they have no idea because as long as they put their blue and yellow flags out for the last year then they're they're a good person and then they're a good person here is cy hirsch this is the uh, he was talking with russell brand i think it was the last week yeah about just about a week ago now i've been waiting for a time to, to play these and this is why not here we go few clips from when he was on with uh, Stay Free, Russell Brand. Cy Hurst, the guy who not only did Nord Stream, but Seth Rich especially. That's how I came to know of his work. Here we go. Balloons. Can I tell you a little bit about the balloons? Yeah. First about the balloons. <laughs> I asked somebody about it. Yeah, I have friends. And I said, well, what's going on with the balloons? Of course, they've been there forever. Uh, uh, maybe you could argue they could take photographs of what a, a satellite can see much better. But basically, the, the last wave, the, the unnamed car-like with the American press so full of it, it turns out there's a, um, the, the federal government has a contract with, with a, the meteorology department or whatever it is, weather department at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks, and that is one cold place that's way up there. Also, uh, most of the classes are underground. You go underground to classes. I've spoken there. I know about this firsthand. And over the Arctic Circle, is, uh, the Arctic Circle is a, is a uh, the, everybody flies the polar route from, from, Europe, from Asia to America. And there's no weather station there. So the university put, has these little vehicles that goes and reports. Pilots want to know if there's any unusual weather going on. That's what you have to do. And they are reporters of that, that, that information. And that's what was shot down. One of those things was shot down was one of those units. The, we've, we've put about, what, I say, I don't know how many hundreds of billions of dollars into a new fighter, the F-22, that's coming online. Uh, we had one called the F-1. We put $203 billion in to make about 100 of them. Uh, but in the 80s, so far, seven exist. <laughs> 
it's just money just floats but we paid a lot of money for the f-22 and its first kill was the first balloon the one that one came over was discovered over montana and the pilot and I, i'd like to think that he knows exactly what he's doing when he landed you know in world war ii uh, your guys and your Spitfires and us and our P-51s, you took care of every Mr. Schmidt. You put a little, you painted on the side a decal for the kills. Uh, we did the same in in, in, in Asia when the, our, P, our P-51s. So the pilot of this F-22 getting the first kill of this plane uh, painted a, a balloon on the side of his fuselage. I'd love to think he was joking. I don't know that. I know he did it. I don't know whether what was in the state of mind. But that has to be a joke. Well, here's another one now. Context for the Nord Stream Pipeline story. He discusses the Ukraine uh, proxy policy, or the war, and its relation to the NATO expansion. So here's a little bit more on this, because, of course, this all ties in to everybody, everything else we were talking about tonight. Pipeline story, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, the years of in infringement upon former soviet territories the 2014 you're not allowed to say that how dare you say that that there might have been reason behind you know the word the language used the language it was done in 1990 the first agreement not to go east when when uh, east germany joined west germany that was in nato we wanted to make the combined country um uh, and don't forget the germans had a real problem because uh, after World War II, uh, when they wanted to get back into civilization and be accepted by other countries, get in the international groups like NATO, they spent a long time murdering uh, uh, people in Western Europe and bombing it and destroying it. In 1990, when they joined, uh, Gorbachev uh, agreed to let this unified Germany into NATO, and the price was a commitment by us in writing that I have a, um, I live in Washington, so I know people, I have a friend that has access to the classified part of the embassy and our embassy in Bonn. And he, read and he went and read the cables to me. There's nothing fantastic about it. The language used by our Secretary of State, James Baker, was the equivalent of, the equivalent of in, the, in the documents, the agreement we made with the Gorbachev. It wasn't a treaty, but it was an understanding, not one inch. We will not go one inch east. And then we've now, NATO was initially was 19 when it was set up in 69, 49 rather. It's now what, about 170 countries, Macedonia, you know, stuff like that. I'm exaggerating. Well, you know, NATO is a far cry from what we made. It's not Europe anymore. It's all over. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe one of the tropical islands in the South Pacific will become a member of NATO next. And so, and so here's the Russians eating this. Here's Putin eating this. And then we start putting missiles in the border in Poland that we claim are defensive, but in, in a half a day, they can, they can be turned into offensive weapons. There's no question about that. It's a fact that they'd be just diverted. It'll take some time, a half a day, but you can fire your seven minutes from Moscow. And that's another reality. So it's what I hate to see in the paper, in my newspaper, for example, they keep on describing the Russian attack as being without provocation, unprovoked. Well, I was, it was probably, it was really provoked. I'm, Here's one last one here, um, and and this is where the Cy Hirsch I think speaks. Um, I think for a lot of people, where we're in this sticky situation where we see an obvious fraud, and it's a fraud that's costing a lot of money and costing a lot of lives, and can still cost even more lives if this continues to escalate by the people who are 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 larping our way into are larping their way and dragging us along into a possible gigantic planetary war 
it's this whole idea of not not wanting to admit any kind of special fondness, as he says, for Russia. Because I mean, we, I think we like life right here. I think we would like life over here to improve, to be like it was. We're not uh, rooting for Russia to conquer the world or anything else like that. I'm fine with people taking care of their own special interests, and that's exactly what's happening on that end of the earth. But I, I'm I'm not signing up for Russian citizenship right now. That's that's not what's going on. But at the same time, we know who controls us. We know the kind of shit we live under. We know the mentality of these people, and they not only send this kind of hatred toward us on a daily basis in the way that they they propagandize us and demean us and all that other stuff and abuse us so publicly but they 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 turn that out into the world as well and for as much as we can't stand them the rest of the world who has slightly less reason to care about what we think we're even an even bigger joke an even bigger joke so here he is the last clip most of the, the, the the cheerleading for ukraine was 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 madness all the way in the war there was you know i'm sorry i, I doesn't it doesn't mean i love russia uh, I, I certainly don't want to admit to any any fondness for anything in russia I, that would make me out to be really in trouble uh, i'd have to have my wife start the car for the next year you know and um, there's so much hostility from to russia that it overrides common sense love, that's love what it. it's done it's just overridden the notion that the russian russian army is going to lose to ukraine it's just not going to happen and when when biden wanted to whistle blown blew, blew it up um the people who in the community we're talking about the really the creme de creme were really appalled by it they saw it as him making a political him deciding i'm going to keep germany and western europe cold and broke because I want to try and win this war in your Ukraine, a war that he cannot win. The trick that you must, that I will tell you, that I've learned in my long, as you said, many, many years, is presidents love wars because they, they're good for ratings. So I'm glad we finally got through those clips. It's a hysteria that has been slowly built up and maintained to some degree since the, the, uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall and then the fall of the Soviet Union altogether. Uh, the, the, all that, the, it's, it's just been maintained. And it overrides common sense. It really does. Really does. And, then, and, then, and this, is, this is fresh off of five years of lying about Russia interfering in the 2016 election. So it overrides common sense, and it's not a, a war that could be won, which makes everything so much more dangerous. What? Because if, 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 if they're saying now that the, the tanks are going to be in Moscow, not that they're just going to go and, and grab up all of their normal board, what does that leave you with to make these, these over-the-top... Mark Milley was just out, out uh, in front of the podium last week saying that Russia has lost. The war is over. The war is effectively they've lost and blah, 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 blah with his jiggling chin. So, I'm I I mean we know the reality, but we also know the psychopaths are refusing to let that that even come into the consciousness of anybody that is watching this and assessing where we go next. So, where are they going next? Where is this sham going next? And how many more people are going to have to get killed? 
you know, and uh, when it comes to the Nord Stream thing, I'll keep saying it. It's a major act of war. I just said it again with with uh, Brooks uh, on the show in the first half. No matter how you cut it, it's a major act of war. The way that they cut uh, cut, cut it for us was that it was obviously Russia. It was obviously Russia attacking itself in order to stick it to Germany and Western Europe before the winter arrives. Why? That's a pretty dramatic way of just turning off the gas. You control the spigot. If you say, hey, okay, you don't want to deal with us anymore, you're boycotting us, whatever, I think that we're just not going to do business anymore. Uh, we're going to turn this off for now, and if you come to your senses, then we can renegotiate. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, why they have to go use C4? Because it's bullshit. It's absolute fucking bullshit. And the same people who said that the Hunter Biden laptop story had too many holes in it, no, too many holes in this. It, 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 it feels like disinformation back in, in 2020. Too many holes. They're saying Cy Hirsch's story has too many holes. Well, fill this gap in for me. If Russia bombed a vital energy supply line to a significant NATO member, which is really considered a civilian target at that point, why did the story go away? Why did the story go away in like two weeks? How does it go away? Someone conducted a direct act of war against the German people and nothing? As you can see, NATO and the U.S. and all the other shadow organizations that have their fingers in this pie have been begging for Putin to give them a reason to go in. What better reason? What better reason than Putin attacking Germany's gas supplies with C4? You know, it's one thing, like I said, one thing to say, we're discontinuing service until uh, cooler heads prevail. But to use bombs? No, no, no. No no, no NATO Article 5? Nobody called, uh, called on Article 5? There's no public investigation and formal accusation? No. And probably for reasons as simple as there's, there's not even a NATO consensus on what is happening in Ukraine right now, as we can see with Turkey. They don't have, there's no consensus with Turkey holding out like that and not, uh, and not going along with all these last-minute expansions and shit like that. So let's take a really quick break, very quick, come back and take some calls for the last 10 minutes, and hopefully I'll have an update on what is on Mystery Movie Monday on QuiteFrankly.tv by that time. Don't go anywhere. What the hell is this? There you go. Why did you buy I said sorry. No, but why, why did you bite him? Because I had to. I wanted to. I bit his ear. I didn't mean to bite his ear. I bit his ear. I didn't really mean what to was do it. it. All right, Evander, let's get it from your standpoint. What happened? It, oh, I just know I, I got bit. I'm sorry. I felt sorry. I was really sorry. Oh, the music I had set aside was right there. Stupid dumbass. Stupid dummy. I'm cursing less in 2023 for the children. A few moments later. F***ing. Shut the f*** up. Horse f***ing. I know I'm on the f***ing terror watch list. You can suck my f***ing. You f***ing. Shut the f*** up. Suck my d***. Come for me, motherfuckers. No s***. Oh, no s***. Oh, f***ing. 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 We've seen that these motherfuckers don't give a f*** about us. F***ing. These motherfuckers. F***ing. Pyramid scheme. F***ing. F***ing. What the f***? F***ing. Shut the f*** up. F***ing. I don't give a f***ing. But you. I'm gonna hold my balls, talk my 
fucking my sex life ain't never been better. Shut the fuck up. King Bao, Joel, I can't wait to have you back on the show. You've been wonderful tonight, and uh, and thank you for everything, my man. Frank says, I'm going to watch my language this year. King Bao says, hold my beer. <laughs> I'm sorry, children. It's a little bar talk tonight. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Give me a good night. Still is. Always was. Let's see. It's 8.50. So take one or two calls. Just going to let it ride. Thank you, Trump Red Pill says, nice work, Frank. Thank you. I'm trying to keep it together tonight. What I heard coming down next door, I'm surprised that some of the pictures on the wall in here did not fall down. I'm surprised. I really am. Let's see. Thank you. All set over there. 914-595-6953. Making sure that we're all caught up. Here we go. For tonight on the network, we have movies all night for Monday, for Movie Monday. Tonight's clue, tonight's clue is Chris Farley. Oh. Movies all night. Is it Chris Farley night? Boy, I hope that they play Tommy Boy second. Because then I'll be home and I can get the, the beginning. Tommy Boy is definitely the... I mean, Tommy Boy is awesome. And Black Sheep was all right. Black Sheep was all right. Almost Heroes is funnier than people remember. It's funnier than people think. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I remember giving it say, you know what, this isn't this isn't bad. Then there's all of his other appear all the appearances. Obviously the the, the bus driver and Billy Madison. Um uh dirty work. The I the appearances are just the best. I wonder what he's got. I wonder what they well, I'll be surprised too, just along with you guys. Movie Monday that starts in about eight minutes. I'm talking this much because no calls have come in. That's just me. It's probably uh, it's probably a Skype issue. So I have that. I have a few other things that we can do. Um, I had this one thing on this last. You know, remember the Lazarus syndrome? Well, I have one story about that that I would like to bring up this week, but we don't have time for it right now. In fact, now that all this time is sapped away, and I'm pretty sure that Skype is. Once again, shitting the bed. I'm just going to end now. While we're on top. You know how it is? While we're on top, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all so much for this. I'll have a lot more time for calls tomorrow. And the the subject will be just as rich as tonight. So, in the meantime, I hope that you enjoy your evening. I hope many of you go to quitefrankly.tv right now and enjoy it with us and cast it to your television and really just enjoy the rest of the night. But I, um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. 
and then the day after and the day after that. So be well, sleep well, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, everything. Thank you for everything. Get to quitefrankly.tv. I'll catch you on the flip side. quite frankly, is filmed for a live studio audience and sponsored by Stostube, J.V. Burke 87, Albert Frederick, Troy Mann, Smokey Oki, and Dooku Dan. Thank you to that one guy on Rockfin and to all my friends on Rumble and to all of the foxholers who I am now throwing all those scratching gold pills back in your face i'll see you all soon get into the chat room on quite frankly.tv and enjoy yourselves become a sponsor and look through the rest of the website join the discord and have a good time we'll see you tomorrow at seven o'clock good night